everyone this morning. So glad that you could be with us today here at Westside. Again, we are doing things just a little bit differently today. We've got our evangelism uh, seminar workshop that starts today. And so normally we would have worship at 9 o'clock today. Uh, we'll have Bible class first, and then we will have worship uh, to follow. So all of our young people are in here this morning. Everybody looks bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and uh, we're excited. We've been looking forward to this Sunday for now some time, and we're excited to have the Whitaker family with us. Uh, Rob and Nicole come to us from Jacksonville, Alabama. And uh, they travel all over this country conducting workshops just like this. Uh, they have uh, Brother Rob's father, Gary, is here sitting back there by Brother Boyd, and also their children, uh, Hannah and Jared. And so we are thrilled to have them with us this week. Uh, we're going to get started right away. We've had several of our young uh, men handing out uh, booklets that will be used during this workshop. And so if you did not receive one of those and you would like one, uh, these young men will continue to be available uh, to hand those out. And so please, if you need one, let, let us know, raise your hand, and we'll make sure that you get one. Uh, we are excited. Again, we're, we're here to reach the lost, and that's what, we're, that's what this is about. And uh, we're just thankful for your presence today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this beautiful Lord's Day Thank you, Father, for an opportunity to assemble like this. Thank you, Father, for keeping us safe as we travel to this place. And for those who might still be, we pray for their safety too. Father, we pray that you would be with this seminar, that you would bless our time together. We're so thankful for Brother Rob and his great family for the work that they do in the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would bless the efforts that are undertaken this week. We thank you for our shepherds and for their desire and willingness to, to see a need for such a workshop as this. Father, as Christians, we pray that we would be about seeking and saving the lost, that our eyes would always be open to fields that are whitened unto harvest. Father, again, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us. And this is our prayer in his name. Amen. Open up your Evangelism Simplified Guidebook this morning to the very back page. You're going to see a, a little a notation. It's a, it's a place for you to take some notes. This is, a, this is an active and participatory seminar, and I, I want to provide you all the information that you're going to need to be a better soul winner for Christ. And so if you'll go ahead and just write this down, evangelism.housetohouse.com, on that note section of the Evangelism Simplified Guidebook. It's the last page. It says notes. This is a resource page. There are downloads, videos, training material. And we want to equip you with all the tools you need to reach souls. Now, this uh, is a hidden website, so it doesn't say www. Don't put that in front of it. This is a kind of an in-house uh, page. It's designed for members of the Church of Christ. If you'll go ahead and write that down, we're going to get started. My name's Rob Whitaker. I'm from the House to House Heart to Heart School of Evangelism. I started this school full-time about three and a half years ago. My family literally travels from a state to state. We've been from Alaska to Florida to New Hampshire, Oklahoma, in between to Texas. This is our third trip to Texas this year. We have trained 50 churches of Christ this year. This is a, it's our mission. We consider ourselves American missionaries. Our goal is to help raise an army of soul winners in our country so that we can take the gospel of Christ into our culture and we can help uh, the Church of Christ reach her potential in this nation. And we need your help. And so this is going to be a very important week. It's, it's vital that you attend every one of these sessions. I think that you're going to see why in just a few minutes. And we want, to, we want to give you the equipment and the training to take this into your home, to your communities, throughout this congregation, in the area of Midland. And so that, again, the Church of Christ can be the shining and bright city on the hill Brethren, we live in a land of darkness, and if there was ever a need for the church of Christ to shine brightly, it is today. Now, we're going to pass out in just a minute. There are going to be some men. They're going to have some clipboards in their hands, and uh, let me explain why this is important. In order to equip you and train you, we want to send you free information constantly. We're going to give you every Wednesday morning a report called Reaching the Lost. Now, in that, it's going to be a tool and we're going to uh, explain the tool, how to use the tool to reach a family member, a neighbor, a loved one with the gospel. And so that's going to come to your email box every Wednesday morning. 
in order for us to reach you, we need your name and email address. So these men are going to pass these clipboards or they're going to begin circulating around the pews. So when you get it, understand that's the purpose of it. I don't sell your email address. I don't give it out to anybody. This is all for Christians to be trained how to win souls. And, and so there's one more important fact about reaching the lost. You see, those congregations that are enrolled in our school, you're going to get a report from them every Wednesday. And I'm a pest to preachers and elders. I'm always asking, what are you doing? How are you doing? Where are we in the the strategy of soul winning? They send me pictures and updates. They send me baptism reports. We passed 400 baptisms a few weeks ago. Brethren, it's exciting. What I'm seeing in this country right now are opportunities that I've never seen in my lifetime. Brethren, the fields are truly wide into harvest. There are opportunities for soul saving that have never been as they are today. And I cannot wait this week to share some of those with you. So if you'll go ahead and assign your name and email address, that would be very beneficial as we uh, progress through the training strategy. The House to House Heart to Heart School of Evangelism is a mobile school. We bring it right to your church. We're not a brick and mortar building. And so we are fully staffed with, a, with a, a variety of workers. And our job is to take that local church and give them the best training and equipment we can possibly give them in order to train an army of soul winners in the local churches. Uh, Proverbs 11 and 30. The Bible says the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Brethren, there is not a wiser course of action for your elders to take at this place than to focus on winning souls. This is the mission of the church of Christ. I'm afraid at times we lose focus on our mission. We get distracted because there are so many things vying for our time. But there is nothing more time worthy than this mission. I want to lay out this week kind of where we're going to go. I want you to see a vision with me. So we're going to begin this morning during Bible class. It's called Let's Get Motivated. I have the most difficult job of the entire seminar this morning. I've got to convince you that evangelism works in this country. I've got to convince you that you don't have to go to Tanzania. You don't have to go to Latin American missions. You don't have to go to India. That you can actually save souls in this country. It's a tall order. But I believe before I'm finished... We'll accomplish our mission. The second lesson this morning is let's stay with the message. Uh, This is all about the Bible. It's all about the tool God gave us. We have everything we need in order to be successful sitting in our hands. We don't need to change the church. We don't need gimmicks and gadgets to reach souls. And we're going to focus on that message. God gave us seven principles of soul winning. You're going to see those in lesson two and three. Practiced by the Lord himself to reach the lost. How do you get people to sit down and study the word of God? In a distracted nation full of uh, muchness and manyness, how do we get people to study the scripture? God gave us a strategy. And we're going to look at it and we're going to um, apply it. Now, this week as we progress, starting on Monday night, we're going to place tools in your hand. We're going to train you how to do Bible studies. Things are simple. Things that require no preaching school education. You don't have to go to university. You don't have to be a, uh, you don't have to be a, a seasoned gospel preacher or even a student. Anyone can do this. It's called Back to the Bible. And I cannot wait to share it with you. Then we're going to go ahead and move forward and talk about how evangelism works in our world. People are full of problems. So what, what, what do you do when you meet problems? We're going to talk about the great God and how he's able to overcome any obstacle and any problem you encounter. Whatever it is that a person throws at you in a Bible study, God has an answer. And I'm going to bring up the toughest. I'm going to bring up the hardest things you could come across. I'm going to show you how God deals with it. Then on Tuesday, we're going to, or excuse me, as we move through it, we're going to make the application. We're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at um, a strategy for success on Wednesday night. Now, Brethren, if we don't give a strategy, and if we don't make it operational, this becomes a, just this becomes a, a lectureship series. The last thing I want this to become is a lectureship series. Brethren, this is not a typical gospel meeting. This is an actionable, this is, a, is an operational strategy that we're giving churches that, that you can carry out. That you, that you can actually be a part of. From widows to widowers, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where your marital status might be. It doesn't matter if you're in school and you're in college or if you're in, uh, working out in the oil fields. We're going to give you a strategy for the church that works. And it's working all over this country. 
And that strategy, we're going to give it point by point. Now, to make it as, as, as applicable as possible, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down that group into two sections. My wife's going to take the ladies, and she's going to give the ladies ten things that they can do in evangelism, and much of which men aren't very good at. In fact, without you ladies, we're kind of stuck. And we can't, we, we, we're not very good without you. And there's things that you have, talents that you have, God has given that we, we need in evangelism. My wife's going to cover those. I'm going to take the men. And we're going to look at the leadership that they need to provide in the home and in the church. And things that they are kind of wired up to do. And so it's the 10-point plan for uh, men. The 10 ingredients for evangelism for ladies. I've laid it out. We've got a busy week. We need to get started. Brethren, I want you to notice that in the year 2000, there were 13,155 churches of Christ. In the year 2009, there were 12,629 churches of Christ. In the year 2015, there were 12,300 churches of Christ. In 2018, there were 11,965 churches of Christ. In 2021, there were 11,905 churches of Christ. Does anybody see a problem? But the problem is that we're losing congregations every year. And in fact, what we're seeing is that the Church of Christ is in decline in this country. After I first gave these statistics about 10 years ago, someone came up to me and they said, Oh, preacher, don't get too excited about those numbers. We're not necessarily declining. We're just kind of consolidating. We're kind of, you know, we don't need a church building on every street corner anymore. And so... uh, We're just kind of coming together. We're stronger than we've ever been. I said, brother, if that be the case, explain this. In the year 2000, there were 1,265,000 church members. 2009, 1,224,000 church members. 2015, 1,180,000 church members. 2018, 1,128,000 church members. 2021, 1,112,000 church members. Brethren, I don't care what metric you use, we're losing church members. The church of Christ is in decline. We are losing in this country. I want to put this into historical perspective for you. So let's go back to the earliest records we have, 1906. We had a population in this country of 85 million people. According to the numbers were given by Gospel Advocate and, and others, um, we're, we're looking at a membership of the Church of Christ about, about 159,000. Now, I want to make that number real. So I'm going to put it into terms we all can understand. If you were walking across the oil fields of Texas and you came across 535 people, you would come across one member of the Church of Christ. That's what that means. But in 1946, we had 141 million people in this country. Members of the Lord's Church, 682,000. Now the ratio is 1 to 207. The church was very busy in those days. Then we move forward to 1953, seven years later, 160 million people in this country. Now we have 1.5 million Christians. The ratio is down to 1 to 106. In 1967, 198 million people in this country. Members of the Lord's Church, 2.3 million. Now the ratio is 1 to 84. Brethren, that continued into the 1970s. We were at a time in this country, can you imagine this? For every 80 people you found, you found a member of the Church of Christ. Brother, what an exciting time. I want you to imagine a time period where this nation literally was permeated by members of the Lord's Church. Friends, did you notice the years we grew during World War I? We grew during the Great Depression. We grew during World War II. We grew during... uh, um, we do, grew during the Korean War. We grew during Vietnam. We grew during civil rights. We grew during the feminist movement. During every major upheaval in this nation, the church of Christ overcame and grew. Don't tell me we can't grow. Brethren, what we have seen in our country historically is that the church of Christ can meet any challenge a nation faces. There is nothing that this world can put before the church of Christ that Christ can't lead us through and we can grow. But I want to share with you what's happened since the 1970s. In 1980, notice our ratio dropped to 1 to 
183. And since then, we have done nothing but decline. Brethren, our ratio today in 2021 is 1 to 295. What we're seeing in the church of Christ is, is catastrophic. Friends, we are facing the elimination, the extinction of the Lord's church in many places in this country. Where there are states in our nation right now where it's hard to find a church of Christ. And so our mission this week could not be more important. We're talking about not just the growth of the church of Christ. Brethren, in some places we're just talking about the survivability of the church. We're facing an issue that our parents and grandparents have never seen. I cannot think of a more important topic for churches of Christ right now than church growth. Brethren, it's time that we get on the offense. I'm tired of playing defense. And I serve an offensive God. I serve a God that is a winning God. I serve a God that knows how to grow and he knows that his church can grow. But our problem we're facing today isn't God. The problem we face today is our brethren. Because our brethren, by and large, think we're going to lose. Because I sit with them. Brethren, I say this for no other reason than just a fact. I don't know a preacher of the gospel that has sat with more elderships than this one this year. I sit across the table, every seminar, 50 of them this year. And I talk to elders. I see the looks on members' faces. And do you know what I see? I see that we, uh, in many places, are hopeless. Brethren, we've tried everything I know to try. The church is losing. We're, we're, not, we're not growing. I don't know what to do. Christians haven't seen it work. They don't believe it works. And in too many places, Christians have just given up. You know what success is in a lot of churches? If we can just maintain. You know, if we can just maintain. Brethren, may I remind you that the numbers I gave you this morning were pre-COVID. Do you know right now that 16.9% of our churches aren't even open? I don't know that they will open. Did you realize right now that 44% of our churches have lost 25% of their members since COVID? Brother, we're facing something that unlike anything we have ever faced before, and we as members of the body of Christ have got to face this and understand that it can be overcome. We can grow. We can, we can be successful in a nation that seems to be going down into the darkness of the depths of sin. But the church of Christ has an opportunity to shine her light. The light of the church shines brighter today than it has ever shined. you know why? Because this nation has never been so dark. And people are looking for something. Distrust in our nation is at an all-time high. Think about it. People don't trust their media. People don't trust their doctors. They don't trust the medical community. I mean, there's distress is breaking down everywhere. People, and unlike any time in our history before, we have these pillars where you, know, you can trust your government. Distrust in our government's never been higher. Distrust in the media has never been worse. So where are you going to turn to? Now, I suggest there's not a better place to turn than the church of Christ. Brother, we have a truth. We have a solid God. We have a message of hope that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. This morning, I want to share with you what you can do. The only way I know to do this is just to be real. I'm not a walking theory. Brother, I didn't come to tell you to do things I don't do personally. Everything I'm going to teach this week are things that my family does. Every time we get home, I'm going to tell you when it all started for my family. I was sitting in my office and... Uh, and uh, at Willette, when I was a full-time preacher, and I got a phone call from a preacher. His name's Chris Coyle. I didn't know Chris. Says so he's from the Somerville Church of Christ, Henderson, Tennessee. So I took the phone call, and I said, hello, my name's Rob. And he says, uh, my name's Chris Coyle. I'm preacher, Somerville. He said, um, you, um, he said, uh, he said sir, I, he said, I got, some, I got some, a family I need you to go do a Bible study with. I said, great. I mean, any preacher is not excited about a Bible study. He needs to just quit. I mean, that's what we live for, right, Mike? And I said, well, who are they? And he said, well, we got this young lady at the church. Her name's Scarlett uh, Mitchell, was a bird bull. And um, she's become a Christian. She needs someone to go study the Bible with her mom and dad. I said, that's exciting. Who are they? Jackie and Sheila Birdville. I said, well, let me write it down. So I got my piece of paper out. And I, 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 you know, I wrote down the name Jackie and Sheila Birdville. And uh, I said, uh, we're talking a little bit. I said, oh, Chris, I said, um, what day have we scheduled this appointment? He said, well, we haven't scheduled the day yet. I said, no problem. I said, I'm available at any time. I said, morning, noon, or night. You just tell me what day it is. I said, Chris, um, when did they ask for the study? He said, well, they haven't yet. I said, they haven't. I said, I said Chris, how, what, what, 
What do you want me to do? Just go knock on their door and say, I'm a preacher for the Church of Christ. I'm here to do a Bible study. It won't work very well. And he said, preacher, I really don't know, but that's your problem now. I'll let Scarlett know I called you. Well, I got off the phone and I said, that's, just, that's the most ridiculous conversation I've ever had. I took that piece of paper, I crunkled it up, and I put it in my waste paper basket. And I said, I got back to the important items like folding church bulletins. Important things, you know, for Sunday morning. So I, I got my church bulletin out. I folded them all up, all three, 200 of them, got them ready, you know. And um, I got out my truck ready to go home. Rob Whitaker, what are you doing? You can't throw two souls away. I went back into my office, took that piece of paper out of the trash can, put it on my desk. Don't know what I'm going to do with you, but I'll be thinking about it. I went through my Sunday routine, Sunday Bible class, Sunday morning worship, nursing home, and Sunday night. I got back into the house and got into the bed for after a long day, and I couldn't sleep. All I keep thinking about was Jackie and Sheila Birdwell. Brethren, I've been preaching the gospel full time. Three congregations, I've gone to three different schools, and I don't know how to reach a lost person. I got to my office that next day, and I walked into, sat on my desk. You know what's staring at me? Jack and Sheila Birdwell. And brethren, I was just devastated. I didn't know what to do. I felt like a failure. So anytime I get to a place in life where I'm just conflicted, I pray. I, I bowed my head, and I said, God, help me. I pray for wisdom. I pray for a door of utterance. Paul prayed that prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer too. And I said, I, I, I need to reach Jackie and Sheila Birdwell. I need wisdom, God. And, and uh, I prayed for an evangelistic heart. I got done with my prayer. And I said, well, you know, praying by itself isn't going to do anything. I've got to do my part. So I opened my Bible. And I decided I was going to embark upon a study that I'd never, I'd never heard it before. I'd never seen it before. But I'm going to do it. See, when I was growing up in the church, I studied uh, uh, my, my mother... She set me aside and she, she, uh, she taught me about Christ. He's the creator of the world. And I learned all about Jesus as the creator. And as I grew older, in my Bible classes, Sister Belle Lee taught me about Christ as a savior um, uh, from sin. I was baptized. And as I grew up, I, I started to learn from others about Christ as the king of the kingdom. He's the Lord of lords. And, but you know what I'd never done? I'd never studied Jesus as an evangelist. Brother, I didn't know what that meant. And so I decided I was going to study Jesus as the great evangelist. What, what made him good? What was it that he did that made him so effective in reaching the lost? So I noticed um, seven things he did. Seven things. I had seven things written down that he did. And here's what I noticed about me personally. I didn't do those things. I didn't do any of them. And uh, I noticed the things that I did that I, thought I, that I thought made me a great evangelist. He didn't do those things. And I decided the next time I have an opportunity to do a Bible study, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to do it like I usually do it. So I'm in my office. Months pass by. Obviously, I'm just not going to go knock on the door of Jackie and Sheila. So I'm just kind of waiting, you know. And uh, Jonathan Smith comes home from college. He's at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. He comes home and uh, he walks in my office. He's graduated from school. Hey, Rob, I'm back. Got a, uh, got a job in Clay County. And I uh, met this little girl over there at the Carnes Church of Christ in Knoxville. Name's Elizabeth. We're going to get married. He's telling me all about it. Finally, we just, he says, Rob, got to go. I said, where are you going? Got to go visit my best friend, Evan Birdwell. Wait a minute. Evan Birdwell. Hey, uh, is he related to Jackie and Sheila Birdwell? Oh, yeah, Rob. That's like my second set of parents. He's my best friend. That's her son. I said, great. I said, take me with you take you with me? He said, why would you want? I said, I'll explain on the way. We got in the car. I said, Jonathan, here's what I want. I'm, I want a Bible study. But I said, I've got a plan to get there. I said, now, now, Jonathan, there's some important things you can do for me. Number one, don't tell him I'm a member of the Church of Christ. Number two, don't tell him I'm a preacher. I said, you have one mission. Get me in that house. If you can get me in that house, it'll work out. He said, all right. So he knocks on the door. Sheila opens Jonathan, Jackie, it's Jonathan, he's home. I mean, Jackie comes to the door, and they're hugging, you know. And Who's with you there, Jonathan? That's my good friend of mine, Rob Whitaker. Well, man, any friend of Jonathan's a friend of mine. Come on in. Like any good southern woman, she had sweet tea and chocolate chip cookies waiting. And we sat around the table, you know, and we're just a visiting. And, uh, and it's, it's uh, very, very uh, conversational, 15, 20 minutes, catching up on life. Got quiet. We call that the awkward moment. She looked over at me. She said, now, who'd you say you were again? I said, uh, name's Rob Whitaker. Um, I'm the preacher for the Willett Church of Christ. And she looked at me. She says, Jackie, the preacher for the Church of Christ is in this house. She said, I got a lot of questions for you. I said, 
just give them to me. And she just started reeling them off. Now, brethren, the old Rob Whitaker would have gone into to, to what we might call battle mode. I would have been ready with every scripture to explain everything because, I, man, I'd get the Greek ready if I needed to. Man, I'd lay out the syllogism if necessary. I'd be ready to win that debate. I'm not doing it. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I will not answer her questions. Every time she throws a question at me, I don't answer. I defer. I'm very conversational. I'm very friendly. I don't ignore her. I'm not rude. But what I'm going to do is field her question, and I'm going to wrap it around. I'm going to wrap it right back around, and I won't answer. And so I kept doing this, and I, and, and I did this for 10, 12, 15 minutes, and she don't seem to catch on to what I'm doing. And, uh, and finally, she, she gets it. She looked over to her husband. She said, Jackie, why won't that man answer my questions? I looked. I said, Sheila, that is a great observation. I said, you know what? I'm not a very good teller, but I'm a good shower. I said, would it be okay if I showed you in the Bible um, some of the answers to the things you've asked me? She said, Jackie, are you talking about a Bible study? I said, well, you call it whatever you want to, Sheila. Jackie, is it okay we do a Bible study with the preacher for the Church of Christ? He said, no, honey, I don't think it's ever wrong to study the Bible. And, uh, and she said, well, she said, I, I don't. She said, well, I, you can do this study, but it's got to be a secret study. No one can know. Or they're excommunicate us. Now, brethren, the old Rob would have jumped on that excommunicate. I, I I left it alone. I didn't even talk about it. I don't even know what that means. And I, and I said, well, Sheila, I said, I take, I'll make a counterproposal. I'll keep it a secret study, but I want to tell a couple of my elders so they can pray about it. I think we need to pray about Bible study. She said, well, who are these men? And I said, well, Hugh Wayne Clark, Joe Lynn, Alvin. Al-. She said, well, I know those men. I grew up with my children, grew up with their children. She said, you can tell them. That's all right. Tell them, but don't tell anybody or they're excommunicators. Now, brethren, I, I, I'm thinking, what is that? So I keep it, you know, I, I, don't, I don't follow it. I said, great. We made our appointment, went back to the house, went over here to Nicole, Hannah, Jared. I told them all about it. I said, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm excited. Got into the pulpit, and I'm going to turn over a new leaf. From this day forward, evangelism will become the centerpiece of that pulpit. I'm going to talk about it every time I get into the pulpit. We're going to talk to the church about it. We're going to make this congregational. I'm not going to be individual. I'm not going to hide evangelism in an elders meeting. We're going to talk about it every time we get in the pulpit. We're going to talk about Bible studies, but I can't mention their name. And I don't. I just said I got a study. I'm going to tell you how we got it. I'm going to tell you how it progresses. I'm going to explain it to you as we go through it. And I need you to pray like you've never prayed before. And uh, Jonathan and I showed up that week, knocked on the door. She yelled, come on in, come on in. We sit down around the kitchen table. I just so happened to have these little booklets. I brought out the green booklet back to the Bible. I said, now, Sheila, Jackie, we're going to use this as a guide. And she says, oh, she said, now, Rob, before we begin, I need to tell you all about my religious experience. I said, all right, Sheila. I said, no problem. I got my pen and paper out. I said, tell me all about it. She said, Rob, it was a dark and stormy night. Oh, no. I said, oh boy. I said, all right, it dark and stormy night. She said, Rob, and I was driving along and the, and the lightning was striking and the wind was blowing and the, and the rain was falling. Rob, I couldn't even see the road. And all of a sudden, Rob, she said, lightning struck the tree. The tree caught on fire, came over the road. And right there, I knew I was going to die. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came down, grabbed the wheel, pulled the... You're laughing at me. You don't believe me, do you? I knew you people in the Church of Christ did not believe in the Holy Spirit. I've been told that, said Sheila. I'm not laughing. I said, I'm glad you're sharing this with me. I want to know all about what happened. I said, this is, this is important to you, and I want to know. She said, Robin, the Holy Spirit took the wheel and took me off into the side of the road, stopped the car. And at that very moment, Jesus came into my heart to be my personal Savior. I got the shivers, Rob, and I went to my church on Sunday morning, and I told them all about it, and I testified. And Rob, they voted on me, and they said, Sheila, you have had the religious experience, and I was saved. And about a month later, we had a mass baptism, and I was one of them. I said, Sheila, is there anything else that you want to add? She says, nope, that's how it happened. I said, Sheila, I can't thank you enough for sharing that with me. And it's obvious that you're a very religious woman. And I thank God for religious people. Would it be okay if we looked at John 8, 32? She said, that's all right. Turn your Bibles. John 8, 32, I always begin there. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. 
I said, Sheila, what makes you free? She said, truth. I said, write it down. She wrote it down in a little booklet, and we began our study. They loved it. They didn't have a problem finding a book of the Bible. They knew where they all were. And if it was in the Bible, they wrote it down. They're learning things. And in fact, when the study came to a conclusion, Jackie looked at me, and she, he said, Rob, we got to talk. I said, what's on your mind, Jackie Birdwell? He said, Rob, he, says, uh, he said, um, I'm the deacon of the local missionary Baptist church. I said, all right. That's I wonder, you must be a great servant, Jackie, or they wouldn't have asked. He said, I'm also the treasurer, must be a good steward. No one asks people to, to treasure money if they're not a good steward. He said, he said, and he said, Rob, I'm their Bible class teacher. You must love the Bible, Jackie, and I love the Bible too. He said, he said, now, Rob, I'm just going to admit some things. I learned things in this study I didn't know. I've been in church all my life, and um, I, I, I did. I said, all right. I said, Sheila said, now, Rob, she says, I started the Bible class department at the church years ago when my children were younger. We didn't even have Bible classes, and I started it. I said, Sheila, do you know that Jesus loved little children? And I'm glad you love them, too. And she said, well, thank you, thank you. I said, I said guys, could I come back for a second study? They said, you sure can. We learned a lot. I said, uh, I said that's great. I said, I can't wait for, uh, for that to happen. And so I came back the next week. With, I'm talking to the church, telling everybody, we're praying about it. I come back to the church, you know, and, um, and we're sitting around the table. We're going to study about the church of Christ. We're going to talk about the headship of the church, the singularity of the church, the worship of the church, the name of the church, the organization of the church. And I know in that study are things that Jackie and Sheila directly contradict their church. I know it. I know where the uncomfortable moments are, and I'm watching them. And in fact, at one point, I looked at Jackie. I said, Jackie, I said, you got any issues with that? He said, no. I said, what do you mean? He said, Rob, if it's in the Bible, I'll put it down. Man, you got to respect that. And I said, that's great, Jackie. And I, we finished the study. It went great. Came back. I got one more study to do. I came back the next week. And uh, before I get to that study, man, I just need to know more about what I'm facing. So I call Chris Coyle and get the number for Scarlett, their daughter. And I called her. I said, Scarlett, name's Rob Whitaker. Rob Whitaker, you're that preacher doing those studies with my mama. I couldn't get a word in for 45 minutes. That girl was more excited. I mean, she just... She just, Rob, I, I talking to mama all the time. But do you think they're going to obey the gospel? I said, I don't know, Scarlett, but you can help me. What do you need? Why did you become a Christian? I mean, what, what happened? Tell me, tell me about it. And uh, she told me two things that I'll never forget. I'm going to share one now, one during the sermon. Here they, here they are. She said, now, Rob, when I became a Christian, my mother and father warned me that they'd excommunicate me. All right, that's it. I, I, what in the world does excommunicate she said, well, Rob, that means the deacons are coming. The, the deacons? She said, Rob, and they're bringing the briefcase. I said, Scarlett, what's in the briefcase? She said, Rob, and they came, and I was ready. I had my Bible ready, and all I wanted to do is defend my faith. I wanted to keep my parents would be there, and I was going to share with those deacons why I did what I did and teach my parents. Rob, I was ready. I had my Bible. And they opened the briefcase, and they pulled out the church roster. And I said, what was in the church? The names of the members. And they read them. And when they got the Scarlet Birdwell, they erased me with the big eraser. And I said, what happened next, Scarlet? They put the roster back in the briefcase. And then what happened? Oh, they left. She said, my mother was livid. Jackie Birdwell, do you mean we've gone to this church all our life? And they didn't even try to win our daughter back. What's wrong with this church? I said, that's the oddest thing I've ever heard. And she said, well, I thought you'd like to know about it. I said, thank you. And um, so Jonathan and I are getting to the door, you know, and I'm, I've got a strategy in mind. And uh, I'm about to knock on it. Before I do, Jackie looks at his wife and says, now, Sheila, that little preacher's coming up here. He thinks he's going to baptize us. He's got another thing coming. He said, I've been a Baptist all these years and I'm going to die a Baptist. And then uh, Sheila looks over and says, now, Jackie, you know, I was born a Baptist in this church. And she says, mama's a Baptist and mama's a Baptist. And Aunt so-and-so plays the piano. And she says, I'm going to die a Baptist. Jackie says, good, I'm glad we've got that covered. I knock on the door. You never underestimate the power of this book, brethren. You never give up. Because God has power that people can't even comprehend. And we sat down around that table and we started that study. And as Jackie read those scriptures, I can see him penetrating his heart. I can see Sheila, they're on board. And when we get to baptism, I know it's a mountain to climb. So I open up that Evangelism Simplified Guidebook. It's got a couple charts I've used for years. And they're in back to the Bible. And I blew it up and put it on the table. I said, Jackie, let's run through this. We had a problem that evening. 
The problem was that Jackie got it. He got it. He understood. And uh, his eyes started to tear up a little bit. And his hands were shaking. He wouldn't even look at me anymore. And I knew it. I knew he had it. So I just looked and said, Jackie. I said, what are you and Sheila going to do with this? And he looked over his wife and he looked at me and he says, Rob, he says, I know exactly what we have to do now. We're going to do it. I couldn't believe what I just heard. And Sheila couldn't believe it either. She looked over and she hit him in the gut. She said, you said we weren't going to do that. And he said, he said, Sheila, we have no choice. It's what the Bible says. I'll never forget those words. I looked across the table. I said, Jackie and Sheila, let's go. We got to go right now. He said, now, Rob, he said, now, he said, I can't do it tonight. Well, I went into closing mode. I went to James 4, life is a vapor. I went to Acts 16, same hour of the night. I went to 2 Corinthians 6, today's the day. I went to Acts 26, almost thou persuadest me. He wouldn't budge. I finally said, Jackie, I don't know what you're waiting on. I mean, you're lost. He said, Rob, he said, I don't expect you to understand. He said, but I hold the bag. I said, I don't understand. What do you mean you hold the bag? He said, Rob, I got all the money. He said, Rob, I got to go before that church, give the money back and resign. I cannot do it tonight. He said, but mark my words, I'll do it. And you can come to my house every day until we do. Don't worry, I did. Every day I went to the house. Every day we sat on the porch and we would swing. And uh, brother, that bothered me, by the way, for years that he delayed until I was doing a sermon on repentance. And I was reading Matthew 7, and the, Jesus said, Bring ye therefore fruits worthy of repentance. Brethren, it's not very hard for a 12 or 13-year-old to repent. It's a lot harder for a 55-year-old man to repent. He had things he had to change in his life, and he did it. I, I'm, it's Wednesday night. I'm standing in the back of the trist, uh, kind of a similar auditorium. Um, and um, I'm sitting in the back, you know, and um, Jill Birdwell and I, the deacon's wife, were talking, and all of a sudden, she looked at me. She said, Rob. Rob, look who's in the building. I said, I see him. Rob, that is Jackie and Sheila Birdwell. I said, I know. No, Rob. Now, Rob, that's not. Rob, is that them? Is that the family we've been praying about? He says, it is. Oh, Rob, I can't believe this. And we don't believe, do we? Brethren, we, we don't believe that works. Now, it may work with our children from time to time, and we might have maybe uh, a benevolent uh, aid that we baptize, but this doesn't, not, not people like Jackie. You can't, you can't evangelize in America. It doesn't work. You ought to have seen what happened to that church that night when they walked forward. There wasn't a dry eye in that building. They knew them. They grew up with them. And Jackie and Sheila obeyed the gospel. Brethren, that conversion changed my whole family. It changed my life, and it changed that church. And I want to I teach you this week the seven things I learned in evangelism that I've been teaching ever since. You see, not long after that, Jackie Birdwell is in the pulpit, and he's doing a Wednesday night invitation for the Lord's church. And brethren, we're not done. I looked at my family, I said, we're just getting started. Jackie and Sheila got a son, his name's Evan. Evan would come and listen to the study. I said, Sheila, Jackie, we got to do a Bible study with Evan. And, 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 uh, and uh, Jackie said, now Rob, Evan doesn't quite work like that. I said, work like what? Well, of course he does. I said, Jackie, we got to do a Bible study. He said, now Rob, he said, Evan, a little different. Jackie, we're all different. Now Rob, it won't work. Now Sheila's listening. She looked over at me and she said, Jackie, it will too work. Rob, get over there and talk to my son. Well, I listened to Sheila, you know. So I walked over to Evan. Evan, you know, you got some changes going on in your family. Your sisters obeyed the gospel, your mom and dad, you know. Can we talk about it? Don't want to talk about it. That ended that discussion. And uh, brethren, I never give up on people. I have a mission now. I will get to him. And uh, so I punted. But I'm coming back. And, uh, and I, I, we would go over to Jackie and Sheila's for convert, new convert studies. And, and Evan would sit down and listen. And, and I noticed he really was interested in my airplane stories. I'm a pilot. And he loved me to tell stories. And so uh, one day I said, Evan, I said, would you like to go up in the airplane? Really? Me? I said, sure. I said, I'll take you up. No charge. 
Really, Rob? I said, yeah. I said, we'll follow, fly around Dale Hollow Lake. And, and uh, he said, Rob, I hear there's a city down there that was flooded when they dammed it up. And you can see it in a clear day. I said, you can. It's real pretty. He said, you take me? I said, sure. I said, just meet me at the airport tomorrow morning. Well, he met me at the airport the next morning. We got in the plane. We climbed up to about 5,000 feet. Brethren, you can baptize anybody at 5,000 feet. You just lay it over. They're very susceptible up there. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> and um, we flew around, you know, and... He's looking at things, and finally, you know, Jack, Jackie and Sheila, um, or excuse me, Evan, um, I, I land the plane. I said, Evan, today's your day. He said, what do you mean? I'm taking you to dinner. You, it's my treat. Really? There's only a subway out there. He said, well, let's go to subway. I said, all right. So we walked over to the subway. I have him exactly where I want him. I said, Evan, I said, would it be okay if I shared some things about Jesus with you? He says, uh, don't want to talk about Jesus. Man, I, I, I blew my mind. I, I didn't know what to do. I was so, but before I could say another word, he looked at me and said, but Rob, when I'm ready to talk about Jesus, you will be the first to know. I put that in my pocket. I said, I'll take it. We're making progress. I went back home. I told Nicole, telling the church, telling, telling Jackie and Sheila, we're, talking, we're praying about it. And I said, we're getting closer. And a few months passed by. We went to Bible camp up in Kentucky. And I'm um, in camp. And something happened at camp that never happened before. My phone rang. Phone don't ring at camp. There's no signal out there most of the time. I said, well, that's odd. Hello? Um, Rob? Um, this is Amy. I don't know who Amy is. Yeah, yes. Rob, I'm going to hell and I need a Bible study. I have never had a phone call like that. I said, yes. I said, Bible study. Yeah, who in the world is Amy? I said, why do you think you're going to hell? She said, well, Scarlett, that's Evan's sister, gave me this book called Muscle and a Shovel and I read it. Rob, there's something wrong. I think I'm going to hell and I need to study. I said, this is, oh, Amy is Evan's girlfriend. Yes. I said, Amy, well, I, as soon as I get back, we'll do the study. She said, good. I have one condition. I said, just name it. Got to do the study with Evan, too. I said, Amy, um, Evan doesn't want to do a Bible study. I know that's your problem now. How does this keep happening to me? And I said, all right. Um, hey, do you know on Sunday how, how uh, Evan's mom, uh, Sheila, likes to make Sunday dinner and have us over? You know, we sometimes have a study. He, she said, yeah. I said, I want you to make sure that she fix Evan's favorite meal. I want Evan to know about it. And then I want to make sure that Evan, know, that Evan knows that we're going to do a study, Nicole and I and you. She says, yes, Evan will stay problem solved. That's a great plan, Rob. I said, well, let's, let's do it. So we put it all together, and we get there Sunday. Evan's sitting there. We're eating the dinner. He's having a good time. We're laughing, carrying on. I said, all right, let's go ahead and start the study. I brought out back to the Bible, and uh, Scarlett, his sister, has driven all the way from Henderson just to witness this event. She's on the other side of the table. And uh, as soon as we brought out back to the Bible, Evan stands up, and he says, uh-uh. And he walked out the house. He got in his Mustang, and he just drove off. And, uh, and Amy is just devastated. She's crying. Nicole's holding it. Say, Amy, it's all right. Just give him some time. And Scarlett, what's wrong with my stupid brother? I, what is wrong with that? I do not understand my brother. And then there's Mama in the kitchen, and she's just lost her temper. What is, I raised my son better than this. Jackie, what is wrong with Evan? I mean, this is embarrassing. And then there's um, Jackie. He's sitting on the easy chair reading the paper. And he looks over. I said, uh, I told y'all this wouldn't work. He went back to the paper, you know. Family's falling apart. And I said, hey, I said, everybody, listen. I said, there's one thing we've got to do right now. What is it, Rob? I said, we got to do a Bible study with Amy. And she says, I know, Rob. I said, let's get our Bibles out. I said, it'll be okay. So Nicole and I sat down with Amy, and we started back to the Bible. John 8, 32. She got it. And as soon as we finished that, do you know what I heard in the background? I heard the gravel crackling as Evan pulled that Mustang back in the driveway. He opens the door and he walks in and he sits down right there at the table. And man, Scarlett was so excited. She said, Evan, you'll need these back to the Bible booklets. He says, I don't want the booklets. All right. And uh, and, and, uh, Amy said, no, Evan, you'll need your Bible. I don't want the Bible. I just want to listen. And he did. And by the end of the study, he's answering all the questions. He is extremely intelligent. When the study ended, Amy and Evan walked out of the house. I looked over at Scarlett. I said, Scarlett, not in eternity can your family ever repay you for what you've done. Go home. Your brother will not do this in front of you. And in fact, we're going to take him to our home. And we did the next study. Nicole cooked one of her dinners. Hannah cooked one of her desserts. We sat down around that table. He took the Bible, the booklets. We did the study and he loved it. Brethren, I can see the cross. 
When I get to the shadow of the cross, I know what's going to happen nine out of ten times. And I can't wait to get there. And uh, after that study, something happened that changed everything. And the devil never gives up. I'm going to tell you about that later on in this uh, week. But let me know, let, let me be sure to remind us that Satan doesn't give him up easily. But God can overcome I'm going to go to Ed Goolsby. Uh, when I was at Willette, the elders would give me instruction. And they said, now, Rob, you can do anything you want out here. Just don't go bother Ed Goolsby. And uh, Ed Goolsby lived close to the church building. And I said, okay, don't bother Ed Goolsby. Now, Rob, he doesn't want to see you. He doesn't want to talk to you. We have learned just to leave Ed alone. I said, leave Ed alone. I got it. Now, I had this dog. Her name is Rue. Problem is, Rue chases anything that moves. And I don't know what to do with the dog. So I had this, uh, you know, men like to fix things. I said, I got it. I said, I'm going to go out there to Lowe's and buy the invisible fence. You know, the shock collar, you line it up around the yard. It's a great invention. And uh, so I open it all up, read the directions. It says, um, take six weeks to train dog. I don't have six weeks to train this dog. I have six minutes. I just turned the thing to maximum power. She'll learn. And, um, and so I let her go. I said, all right. You know, so I'm, I'm going from the office over to the church and uh, I'm coming back over to the house. And uh, Ruth sees a deer. That's it. She lays it out. Boom, she goes. She crosses the perimeter, and brethren, it lays her out. I'm, yeah, and she's a yelping, you know, and shaking, and she's getting shocked, you know. And the kids are dead, the dog. I said, don't touch the dog, kids. Mama would kill me. If she touches the dog, they get electrocuted. So I said, don't touch the dog, kids. And so finally it stopped, and she runs under the house of Ed Goolsby. Oh, places. And I said, all right. I said, kids, come with Dad. So I walked across the street, knocked on the door, and can I help you? And I said, yes, sir. My name is Rob Whitaker. I know who you are. I said, yes, sir. Uh, um, sir, my dog is under your... Did you shoot your dog? I said, no, sir. I would never shoot my dog. And he, and he said, what do you need? I said, may I retrieve my dog? He said, go get your dog. Kids, go get the dog. What an excellent evangelistic opportunity this is. I said, Ed, I said, I am the preacher to Will at Church of Christ. My name's Rob. I know who you are. And if I need you, I'll let you know. He slammed the door so hard, I thought I was coming out of the frame. Not a good first impression. I never give up on people. Now he's on my target list. I will get to him. And I said, I got him. And uh, so we're going to go pass out house to house, heart to heart in our community. And um, so I got about 40, 50 of us on Saturday morning. James is one of our new converts. I said, James and Glenda, go pass it out to Ed. Why me, Rob? I said, you work with him. I said, he knows you. He won't open the door for me. They said, all right. So I go over a holler. Y'all don't have hollers in Midland, do you? We have hollers in Alabama and um, Tennessee. I'm going down a ho- at a holler, and uh, I get a phone call. It's, it's James. Hello, Rob. Ed wants to see you right now. Oh, no. So I get in my car, go back over to the house. You know where Ed was? Sitting in a chair. Tears were streaming out of his eyes. I said, Ed, I don't understand. What's wrong? He said, Rob, he says, uh, they knocked on my door. They gave me this. I've been sending this to me for years. Rob, I went to my doctor and I got cancer. Rob, would you do a Bible study with me? I said, Ed, I'll do it right now. We baptized him. This is Charles Mary and Barry Hunt. Charles is the city manager of Carthage. And he's, he's on a big holler on the hill. And we're going to do it again. And we just started going out in our community. Had house to house. We're ready. We're, and I had these two ladies, Melanie and Betty McCarter. Melanie Allen. Betty's a, just been restored. Melanie's a new Christian. They're going out. And um, they get to this house on this holler. He has ferocious killer dogs. And they're chained up. And they're lunging and they're barking ferociously. And uh, uh, Melanie looks over at Betty and says, Betty, this morning, Rob said it's still okay to observe the Passover. I think we should pass over this house. It's all right. And they said, oh, no. Now, if you know, if you know Betty McCarter, no, this could be the one. We've got to go up there, Melanie. And they look and they started walking up the house. Charles peeps out the window. Uh, Mary, the Jehovah Witnesses are back again. I told them not to come back to this house. Mary, watch this. I've got him. Mary, come here and watch what I'm going to do to him. And he's, his blood pressure is going up, you know. And they knock on the door. He opens up and says, hey, hey, house to house, heart to heart. Mary, house to house, heart to heart is here. We love that publication. It's all about the Bible and Jesus. Well, y'all come on in. Betty and Melanie didn't know what to do. They came in and they sat down. Um, what do you want to talk about? And Betty said, oh, um, what did Rob say? Oh, yes. Um, um, would you like to know more about the Willette Church of Christ? Oh, yes. She says, oh, no. Um, um, uh, 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 when would you like to know? 
right now. She says, oh, no. Um, um, where would you like to do this? Oh, here at the church building. She says, can you excuse me? She gets up out of the house and calls me on the cell phone. Hey, honey, it's uh, Nicole. It's Betty. Betty, hello. Rob, we've got a hot one here and we don't know what to do. Hot one. I said, what? She, Rob, she's ready. They're ready now, Rob, to do a study. Bring him to the building. We sit down around the conference table, and I passed out, does it matter? It's the one-study method. Bobby Bates wrote it, too. I said, I'm going to do the one-study method. This may never, I may never see this family again. They loved it. Charles says, no one has ever. You know, most people have never done a Bible study in their life. They have no idea why they believe what they believe. He's reading the Bible. They're loving it. Mary gets angry. She pierces her lips, she gets the monobrow, she hits the table, and it rolls, the chair rolls back to the, to the, to the uh, wall. Uh, Charles, what's wrong with Mary? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I looked over at Nicole and their son, Barry. I said, I don't think this is good. And uh, they're talking, they come back. Charles says, Rob, Mary's angry. I can see that. Um, what's wrong, Mary? Rob, I've been going to this Baptist church up on the hill all my life. Yes, ma'am, I didn't know that. Rob, they told me you didn't have to be baptized. Didn't know that. Rob, we read in the Bible, you've got to be baptized. I want to know why they've been lying to me all my life. I said, Mary, I don't know. I can't answer for them. But I know what the Lord said. And I know we can fix it right now. And we did. This is Ronnie Rhodes. He sat in our pew literally for 20-some years. No one did a Bible study. I went to the elders. I said, I'm going to do a Bible study with Ronnie Rhodes. One of the elders looked at me and said, Rob, you'll run him off. I said, he won't be any worse off. He's lost. I said, he needs a Bible study. I said, I said, brethren, I said, I'll be gentle, but I said, I'm going to get this study with Ronnie. And I did, and we baptized him. We baptized five men in one year who sat in our pew. We made a strategy to get all of them. Let me tell you a couple more. This is Jerry Conley. When I got to Jacksonville, Alabama, when we set up the school, I said, Alan, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't practice what I taught. I said, I need a list of everyone in your pews that's not a Christian. He gave me the list. Top of the list was Jerry Conley. I said, Alan, would you take me to go visit Jerry Conley? He said, sure. We got in his little Honda Odyssey van. We drove down the road to Piedmont, got over to Jerry Conley's house. He knocked on the door. Hey, Alan, good to see you. Alan said, well, we got a new member here. His name's Rob, and I wanted to introduce him. Well, come on in, guys. I said, well, Jerry, this is a big house. She goes, hey, it's a pre-Civil War home, 1857. Rob, this was going to be the capital of Alabama. Let me tell you about the history of Alabama. Brethren, if I've got to listen to the history of Alabama to get me a Bible study, I'll listen. All I have is one objective. When I meet a sinner, I want one thing, and I want to study the Bible, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. He told me all about the crown molding. He told me about the doorknob, the original flooring. Hey, Jerry, would it be okay if I brought my family back? Because they need to know about the history of Alabama. Well, yeah, bring them back anytime. Man's in his 70s, and he's married Ella Sue. She's a member of the church, and uh, they're an incredible couple. And so I brought my family back, you know, and I said, Jerry, tell Nicole all about the, the, the crown molding. Now, this is original right here, and this, I'm restoring this little uh, the staircase. I mean, uh, Jerry, is that apple pie I smell? It sure is, Rob. Ellis made you a fresh one. I said, let's get into the kitchen. Always eat. And I get over to the kitchen. Hey, Jerry, do you know anything about the Church of Christ? Don't know a lot. I said, would you like to know more? Sure. I just so happen to have these booklets. I always have the booklets. I have one objective. And I said, Nicole, grab the Bible, John 8, 32. Brethren, I've never seen a man drive faster to the baptistry. Do you know what Jerry Conley didn't know? He was lost. No one had ever done a Bible study with him. Most people have no idea about their spiritual condition because they've never studied the Bible. What a wonderful blessing it is. Brethren, we have baptized 17 of them this, this year at Jacksonville. And the number just keeps growing. What I want to do this week is train you how to get into a Bible study and do a Bible study. i got one more to share with you and then we'll break. When I was growing up in San Antonio, Texas, actually Bull Verde, that was my home. And um, when I got to, uh, when I got to, uh, when I get to town, San Antonio, the Bull Verde, there wasn't even a light. I mean, I could go right into the, the city. It was, it was all country. Dad wanted us to grow up out, you know, out in the country. We had uh, chickens, cows, horses. It was great. And I got, I got bored. And one day I said, Mom, I'm bored. She says, go make a friend. Well, back then a friend request is you walk down to the next house and you, you hit the doorbell. That's a friend request. I walked about half a mile, came to Mel Hutzler's house. 
And uh, I said, would you be my friend? He said, sure. Man, we, we, were, we grew up as best buddies. We, we rode our horses all over the place, you know. It was great. One day I walked in, my dad's with me. I said, Dad, I said, uh, I, I want to know why Mel's house has got crosses everywhere. And it got like, uh, there, there's statues of Mary everywhere. Oh, he's Catholic. What's that? He explained it. I said, but Dad, I want Mel to be a Christian. And he said, teach him. Now, brethren, I'm not very good at this. So I, but I, I tried. Hey, Mel, why in the Bible do you go down into the water and you sprinkle babies? Why? He said, I don't know. I said, okay. And I said, Mel, why, um, why in the Bible does it say call no man your father religiously and you call your dad, I mean, you call your priest father? He said, I don't know. I said, Mel, where's the Catholic Church in the Bible? I don't know. Mel, why was the first Pope Peter married? I don't know. He never knew. Shenandoah Lectureship, uh, we always attended. Terry Hightower was the director of it at the time, and they brought in a preacher, an old, old uh, baker from Memphis, and his name was John Shannon. And John was going to preach a sermon, Why I Left the Catholic Church. Mel listened to it. And I just kept teaching him. Finally, I looked over at, uh, Mel looked over at me one day at the house, and he said, Rob, I need to talk to you. I said, what? what's going on? He said, I want to be a Christian, and I need your help. Oh. I was so excited, brethren. My, my best friend wants to be a Christian. I told my mom and dad about it. We're just talking about it. And Mel said, Rob, I just need one thing. What do you need, Mel? Anything. He said, I need you to explain this to my dad. Um, all right. Mom, dad, we'll be right back. Going to convert Mel's dad. This won't take long. That was my thought. So we went down to the road. And uh, I'm normally afraid of his dad. Brethren, his dad's a violent man. I avoid him. But not today. We sat down around the table, and his dad brought his Bible out. I got my Bible. He said, son, what do you want to tell me? And I started to try to convert his dad like I converted Mel. didn't work very well. The more I talked, the angrier the man got. Finally, he grabbed his wallet out from behind his pocket. He said, get out of this house. He said, I better never see you again. And he's, he's throwing words at me, and, I, and man, he throws his wallet at me, and his temper's just exploding. Mel runs up at me. He gra- Mel's a pretty good-sized guy. He said, Rob, get out of the house right now, or my dad's going to hurt you. And his dad said, you better never see my son again. You better never be at this house again. He said, get out. And I walked out. And I went home. And uh, I crawled into the arms of my mother, and I just bawled. I said, Mom, I don't understand. I'm just asking questions, and son, I I can't tell you. And I just cried. I I lost my best friend. And... um, that night, about 9 o'clock, the doorbell rings. Doorbell don't ring. Bolverde at 9 o'clock at night. Dad says, son, come with me. I walk with him. He opens the door, and there's Mel with two suitcases in his hand. Mr. Whitaker, my dad says I can be a Catholic and live at home, or I can be a Christian, and i got to move. Mr. Whitaker, I want to be a Christian, and I have no place to live. My mother looked at Mel and said, son, you always have a place to live in this house. That, building's your, that, that room's yours. And Mel moved in. We kept trying to talk to Mel about, he hadn't obeyed the gospel, trying to, trying to encourage him, trying to get him to make things right with his dad, if possible. And finally, they have a meeting, and this was the conclusion. Mel, you can move back home if you do a Bible study with a monsignor. Whatever decision you make, that's fine, but you got to do a Bible study with a monsignor. Mel says, all right. He came home and said, Rob, we're going to do a Bible study with a monsignor. I said, great, we're going to convert the whole Catholic church. This is wonderful. I said, they brought the monsignor up, and the day of the study, I got the stomach flu, and I said, Mel, cancel. Rob, my dad told me you can't go. i got to do this alone. I said, Mel, you can't go up against a monsignor by yourself. He said, don't worry, Rob. I won't be. <laughs> Mel walk, drives his car down to that Boulevardy Cathedral and sits in that office, and that Monsignor drives all the way up from San Antonio, and that priest is sitting there, and he says, uh, Mr. Monsignor, um, he said, I just need you to answer one question. I want to know why in the Bible we, we uh, baptize and buried in water, you go immerse, and why the Catholic Church sprinkles. And, and, and he says, uh, he said, in Acts chapter 8, the Bible says they went down. Now, son, you stop quoting that book to me. But Mr. Monsignor, in Acts 8, verses 38, the Bible says you're to go down into the water. I told you, son, stop quoting that book to me. Uh, Mr. Monsignor, the Bible says, I know what, give me that book. He took the Bible out of Mel's hand, laid it on the table, and he said, son, it is my job to interpret that book for you. And we don't just go by the Bible. We go by the Bible and tradition. And I'll tell you what it means. Mel looked at that Monsignor. He says, as far as I'm concerned, this Bible study is over. You've answered all of my questions. 
the next Sunday where Daryl Conley was our preacher at the Northern Oaks Church of Christ. Mel walked forward. The church wept. That's at the Southwest School of Bible Studies. We went to school to be preachers. That's in Jamaica where we do mission work every year. Today, Mel serves as the preacher of the Northern Oaks Church of Christ and he was just appointed as an elder. Don't tell me that evangelism doesn't work. Brethren, in John 4 and 35, Jesus said, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are wide unto harvest. There are souls that can be saved and they're everywhere. I cannot wait to share with you how to get to them. This week, we're going to focus on soul winning. And brethren, we need your help. So please come. We're going to take a little break and we'll come back and worship will begin. Um, Thank you for being here. God bless you, brethren. Ask my family any questions. We're glad to talk to you. We're here to serve and um, we'll be dismissed. Thank you.